This is the Mo Money Podcast with your host, Jessica Morehouse. Hello and welcome to episode 48 of the Mo Money Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today for this episode. I uh, just want to preface this episode um, with the fact that this is episode 48 and I'm going to be taking a break or ending season two or whatever um, after episode 52. I didn't realize this because honestly, when I started this podcast, I didn't really have a schedule in mind. I just kind of thought, let's just see how far I can go. Let's see how many episodes I can kind of crank out. And apparently, Currently, um, you know, when I come to my one-year anniversary, the first week of June, I'll have put out a new episode every week for a year, which is a bit crazy for me considering I've got a lot of other stuff on the go. I don't do this as a full-time gig. I actually work nine to five at a full-time job, just saying. So that being said... I've got a few more episodes coming up, some pretty awesome ones. I've got one with my lovely grandma, who because uh, I got a lot of great responses from the episode I did with my grandpa. So I, I did one with my grandma, who moved from Scotland to Canada in the 50s and started a new life here. And, and I've also got one, which I'm very excited about, uh, with the one and only Gail Bazoxlade. So make sure to check that one out in the coming weeks. And then I, of course, will be doing ending kind of the season with a solo episode because isn't it funny timing when it's the one year anniversary of this podcast, I'll also be the time that I actually uh, turn 30. So I thought it'd be really cool to do a solo episode to mark that occasion. Also, this is still in the works. I hope to be doing a fabulous contest to give away some prizes to celebrate my one year anniversary. So make sure to keep on listening every week for more details about all of that. Now for this episode, I am interviewing the awesome Jen Hemphill. She is an entrepreneur. She is a money coach. She also has a blog and her own personal finance podcast. So we have a lot of things in common actually, which is pretty cool. So we're going to be uh, chatting in this episode about her journey, how she got into money coaching. She uh, is uh, married to her husband is in the military, so they move around a lot. So it kind of makes sense that she figured out a way to create her own business that is kind of mobile. So we'll talk about that and just uh, kind of talk about some great personal finance tips that she has for people to kind of take with them and uh, use so they can better manage their money today. So here we go. Thank you, Jen, for joining me on this show. I really, I'm excited to talk to you. Thank you, Jessica, so much for having me. I'm excited to talk to you just because we seem to be so much alike, at least what I hear from your podcast and what I've read about you. So I'm yes. really excited to talk to you. That's awesome. I guess maybe we're spirit animals. I think so. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So let's, uh, let's find out how similar we are. I, w- I want to know all about you. So let's start from the beginning to get an idea of your money story. How did you... Uh, how did money kind of play a role in your life growing up and how did, how did it kind of lead you to eventually become a money coach? Sure. Well, I think it started really early on. I grew up in a household where there was always seemed to be a lack of. So I mm-hmm. grew up, I wasn't the teenager or even at 10 years old when you would ask for your uh, your mom or dad, can you give me $10 or $5 mm-hmm. or whatever it is. I wasn't that kid because they were always... I had already heard over and over again that we don't have the money. We can't exactly. afford this. 
So for me, logically, it made sense not to ask because mm-hmm, <laughs> I already mm-hmm. knew the answer. So it really allowed me to be super independent. And it's crazy to think that at 10 years old, I was babysitting newborns. Um, yep. I even when my child was 10 years old, I didn't even want <laughs> to babysit at that time. But so it's just crazy. So that's how um, I earned money to get some of the things that I wanted because for mm-hmm. me, since my parents had always said, we can't afford this, we don't have the money, it didn't make sense for me to ask them for money. Mm-hmm. So it really just made me super independent. So I appreciate that. But mm-hmm. I knew early on, uh, and as I graduated from high school, that I didn't want that to be yeah. thinking that way. But fast forward, it did affect me because I began, I became this hoarder of money. I was a really good saver. Really, yeah, really good Yeah, that does sound saver. like me. I'm a money hoarder. <laughs> But I didn't want to spend, I didn't enjoy it. And so then I met my husband Mm -hmm. and he's a complete opposite. It's just crazy to think Mm -hmm. how it just balance, how you can find a partner in life and it just balances you. I have yet to Mm -hmm. find people that are exactly the same as far as, you know, spender or a saver. So he's more of a spender and you're more of a saver? Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Just so, like me and my husband, for sure. Yeah, so it's, <laughs> it's a good just, balance, though. It is. Yeah. It's just crazy to think but to think how it balances out so mm-hmm. well. But he really taught me the importance of enjoying life and really mm-hmm. how we, we go to work to make money. So mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> why we don't not to work. enjoy it? So really kind of that's when I met him and we started dating. It really hit me how that mentality that I grew up with mm-hmm. uh, affected me. And mm-hmm. so it was that then we got married. And so it was a shift of learning each other's uh, money stories, money habits, mm-hmm. all that good stuff. So that really helped me out. It just grounded me from, yes, I could still become, you know, continue to save money, but it was okay to spend it. I didn't have to feel guilty of spending it. So my husband really grounded me um, with that. Um, and really how I became a money coach, we're a military mm-hmm. family. So we've moved mm-hmm. I, I don't I'm not even gonna count, but I want to say between eight and nine times in the almost 16 years of marriage and you know it's not too for a pity party or anything because I love my life yeah Uh, and it's just an adventure I wouldn't change it for the world Mm -hmm. but I needed to find something that I could take with me Mm -hmm. um every with every move I didn't want to move in a lot especially as spouses he could you know obviously his job continues but my job would not so it would be starting over and it might not be the same in the same career or path that I had. So mm-hmm. I knew I had to find something uh, and do something that I could take. And mm-hmm. when we first got married, we had made a decision as a couple that when we had kids, it was very important for both of us uh, that that I stay home. Mm-hmm. So I w- would leave my job uh, once we started having kids just because one, he happens to be gone all the time. Yeah. And to me growing up, I was um, a latchkey kid. So I'm, mm-hmm. I'm dating myself, but latchkey kids back then, um, I'm not a millennial. We, you and I established that. <laughs> <laughs> the, there were the kids that, you know, even 10 years old, nine years old, they would come home and their parents would be working. So they would have the key around their neck. So hence the mm-hmm. latchkey kid. And I didn't want that. 
for my child. Mm-hmm. I want wanted at least you know me to be there, me to be able to go on the field trips, uh, be volunteers, a mom. I didn't have that, and that was something that affected me. So that was also important to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I was able to. Uh, we were able to. Um, go from the two incomes to one su- successfully, and a lot of had a lot of, a lot of questions of like, what were we doing? Because we were able to, we still had the debt, uh, student loans on my uh, from my husband, mm-hmm. and it just somehow I wish I had tracked because I mm-hmm. could really have this great phenomenal story of what I did, but I, mm-hmm. I didn't really track. I have to really think through it, but mm-hmm. I was able to manage the money well, save money, uh, just get everything together. And so I had a lot of questions so, of how I did it uh, or what are actually a lot of questions too is how I can help people. Yeah. So that started it of how I, I knew that was something that I was good at and that I could help people. But I actually, I didn't become, I didn't go into this two years later because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I was just, you know, have, in between having kids and then the moves, it just doesn't happen. (laughs) Well, yeah, like even though you're working for yourself and working from home, you're still working and raising a family and doing all that stuff. Like that's, that's a lot of work. It is a lot of work. So, um, years later, my husband got an email Mm -hmm. about this opportunity for military spouses that is called, it was called the military spouse fellowship. So that really kickstarted the whole thing because I'm like, oh, this is, you know, this would be work perfectly. I can go through, get this accreditation. It's called the AFC, Accredited Mm -hmm. Financial Counselor, uh, Mm -hmm. through an organization called AFCPE. Mm -hmm. Uh, And um, so I got the the fellowship, went through the program, and um, that's what kickstarted it. But I noticed... Being when I say a financial counselor, the mm-hmm. term that is really most known is a certified financial planner, right? Yeah, yeah. So, but when you talk, I'm a financial counselor, people don't know what that is because it mm-hmm. is a new, fairly new organization in terms of like, I don't know, the past 10 years or so or yeah. 20 years. And um, so I needed to find a different term for me because people would always assume I was a financial planner, which I am not. I'm not going to, mm-hmm. I'm not able to give you that guidance on investing and long term yeah. planning, but I can most definitely get your uh, finances, help you get your finances in shape so you mm-hmm. can do those things. Which so is called- kind of what a financial planner doesn't really do. Like I have a financial planner and he didn't tell me how to budget, <laughs> you know, right. how to figure it's that out on my own. Right. Some financial planners definitely do. Mm-hmm. So I basically do the pre, you know, I get you, you know, people ready for that for, to be able to work. You know, if you want to mm-hmm. look at it that way, it's yeah. the pre-financial planner phase. <laughs> yeah. In yeah. a sense. Uh, so, yeah. So that's basically how um, I got to be, you know, to this stage of uh, doing, I, I call myself a motivational money coach just because, I like to motivate. It's not just about telling you what to do because I don't tell you what to do. We talk about what you want to, what you want to accomplish mm-hmm. and let that guide us. But I, because I so strongly feel personal finance is so personal, mm-hmm. we each have different aspirations and it's really about digging deep and getting clear as to what you want in life versus what people, the quote unquote money experts say mm-hmm. you should be doing. Absolutely. Because, yeah. you know, 
we t- they talk about getting out of debt, you know, you obviously. Yes, you don't have debt for yeah. the rest of your life and you want to be saving, but I really strongly feel that if you're clear like what that is going to be doing for you, so instead of, well, I want to get out of debt, so I have this you know, this extra money, what are you going to do with that money? It's really getting the behind the why and why it's important and that's mm-hmm. going to motivate you. So I help people get clear on that so they can make progress versus get stuck at a certain point of not continuing to save or or, uh, paying off off debt. Exactly. And I think that's something that lots of people forget. They get so hung up on the how. How do I do this? How do I do this? And they don't really sit and take a minute to think about the why. And even I have to do that. And I talk about money and think about money all the time. But I still have to sometimes be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Why am I doing this? Or why do I want this? Or what are my goals? It's important to kind of reassess and really just refocus. You know, I feel like sometimes in our daily lives, we get so focused on the day to day, and we kind of forget about the big picture things, which is, you know, kind of the point of our lives, right? Absolutely. So what I'm I'm curious about, since you, you are a military family, and you said that you've moved eight or nine times, um, throughout um these 16 years how i like and this you know is a testament to how good you are with your money how do you do that that seems like a very expensive thing to move constantly and set up your life every couple years yes it is it it can be expensive with the military they do help you move financially, right? So they do uh, pay for your move. There's definitely certain stipulations, uh, the amount of weight you can move and all that good stuff. So there's certain things that are covered per se, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. But there's other things that are involved in the move that aren't covered. So for example, in a move, there are certain things that the packers won't uh, take like, for example, your cleaning supplies because they're hazardous, you know, they could cause a fire and things that make sense. Right. So, so maybe you had just bought, so you have to really plan like months ahead of time before your move. So you're not stuck with either a throwing away cleaning supplies or, you know, giving them away or just leaving them in wherever, Mm -hmm. you know, the apartment or the house or wherever you're living. So it's those type of things that you, um, have to plan ahead, obviously the food, uh, especially if you buy a lot of frozen, um, if you mm-hmm. stock up on, on chicken and meat in the freezer, uh, you have to plan months in ahead that you not, you're not going to have those. So that can get expensive. And then when you move, it's a different, um, different cost of living. So it fluctuates. So you have yeah. to, uh, think about that because your income is not, is not going to, it's going to stay the same. You know, their yep. income stays the same. Um, and so that's another, you know, schools, finding uh, the schools or getting to the new house and the house is a different size and maybe mm-hmm. you need something else and the furniture. And there's so many different things that you don't think about mm-hmm. um, in a typical move because p- people don't do it as often. But even though it's they help us, but there's other costs involved. Oh, the transition in the transition, mm-hmm. you have to. You're in a hotel. Uh, they cover up to a certain point, uh, but then you're eating out. Um, mm-hmm. That's a cost. <laughs> yeah, those type of things. Uh, there's just a lot, a lot of detail. 
Yeah. Um, but I guess you've kind of got it down since you've done it so many times. You probably have a, a pretty I good strategy. There's, sometimes I think so, but then there's surprises. Yeah. <laughs> there's always a surprise. <laughs> That's very true. Um, one thing I did want to also talk to you about is what I really love about you is you you are very passionate about helping people, but specifically helping women with their money, which I think is so great because I feel like for so many years, it was the um, kind of the man in the relationship or the uh, in the family that was the uh, person that took responsibility for all of the finances. And I remember like that was one of like the first financial books I read. It talked about how this book, it was probably an old book that I read that they even talked about this, but they talked about how um, as a woman, you should know just as much as your um, male partner, mm-hmm. because what if he dies and exactly. you don't know what your finances are, where are they and how to handle them? Exactly. And so that's why I think that's so awesome that you are really focusing on uh, helping women specifically. Yes, I think it's very, very important to, I mean, one of the reasons I do is one, I can speak the language, speak women language, if you will, uh, and how, you know, money doesn't, by all means, it doesn't discriminate, you know, Mm -hmm. but how we view money is different how men view money. Mm-hmm. So we uh, value different things. We are focused more on, we're nurturers, so we're focused yeah. more on the day-to-day things and balancing things. Mm-hmm. Um, men are more focused on, let's say, getting that home, right? And mm-hmm. because they're the quote-unquote breadwinners, mm-hmm. uh, the retirement, they're more long-term thinkers. We're about the mm-hmm. day-to-day and just taking care, you know, nurturing our family. Mm-hmm. So it's just, I think it's re- really important for different things so you already mentioned, if there's, I, I don't know if you mentioned a divorce mm-hmm. or, or death, you mm-hmm. have oh, yeah, to be yeah. in the know. Yeah. Uh, because something happens if you and you don't know how, like you mentioned, mm-hmm. how are you going to take care of your finances? And there's different, you know, nowadays there's a, definitely a lot of women being, um, the, being the money managers. But even mm-hmm. though in those situations, the man should be in the know. For this, for those same reasons, exactly. Uh, for that, uh, there's also because you have to have those money conversations, especially mm-hmm. in a marriage. Uh, money is one of the top reasons for divorce, right? Mm-hmm. So you need to be able to speak that conversation, and if you're both in the know, you can mm-hmm. make better money decisions. That's exactly. also, I think, huge yeah. for me. And avoid. Uh, arguments. Like I, I remember growing up, my parents did argue um, about money, just like, oh, you spent this or whatever. And I always wanted to make sure that um, when I, you know, grew up and was in a relationship, I didn't want to have those you know, I'd want to have conversations and less arguments. And so, you know, me being a personal finance blogger and podcaster, obviously that's something I'm going to talk about with my right. husband. And so even though it's not necessarily his favorite topic, I think I've over the years worn him down. Now he actually doesn't <laughs> mind talking about it. And and the thing is, it's it's good because we're always on the same page. We're working towards the same goals. So Absolutely. we're both, you know, saving and investing and we're doing it as a team, which helps us not argue about money because we know where we're at. And I think that's the key thing to remember is if there's open conversation, there's nothing to argue about if you're on the same page. Absolutely. And I think some other things to consider why Mm -hmm. women uh, should be in the know of money is 
especially when we have kids, us moms, our kids are watching. It is just amazing. I've seen time and time and again, the example that we, uh, that we are our kids and how they uh, really do some of the things. And obviously if you're cursing, they repeat some of those curse words at this, Mm -hmm. you know, the most inappropriate moments sometimes, (laughs) but they're watching, they're watching that example and how, and really how you view money, your relationship with money, your your attitude with money. And you can set the tone for their mm-hmm. future by, you know, if you're already t- if you're talking all the time about, oh, we can't afford this. Like in my situation, it set the tone and it did affect me. And then obviously it wasn't a bad intention. You know, mm-hmm. my parents, great parents, they did their very best in raising mm-hmm. us. But it does affect the kids. So you just really have to be very present uh, and know, uh uh-huh what you know what what kind of example you're setting the kid you know setting your child and mm-hmm. if you're in the know of money and you're confident they're going to have that same thing they're going to have the desire to want to know more about finances and be you know savvy with their finances so i think Absolutely. that's i think that's another reason um for being in the know and also women i'm sure you've seen the same thing mm-hmm. there's a lot of guilt Yep. <laughs> a lot yep. of guilt when we treat ourselves. But if we're in the know and we're clear, really it bo- boils down to clarity and mm-hmm. gl- getting clear on where that money is going. So if you know exactly where that money is going, what's coming in and what's going out, that guilt is going to really drastically, it's going to go down. <laughs> You're yeah, not gonna it's not going to go away, but it'll go down. <laughs> it'll go down for sure because you know well, if if you know there's some money left over, well, it's okay to spend it and you're not going to mm-hmm. feel as guilty. Absolutely. Um, now I want to kind of uh, ask you if you, because you are a money coach and you deal with a lot of people with lots of different uh, experiences and backgrounds. I have a couple uh, questions where I want to hear some of your advice on what someone should do. So the first one would be to how would someone, what's the best uh, practice when it comes to curbing impulse spending? We all do it, (laughs) but what kind of suggestions would you have to kind of, you know, walk the other way and put away that credit card? (laughs) Well, Kurt, you know, with impulse spending, it's not going to, there's no hundred percent remedy for it. In my opinion, Mm -hmm. there's just the, really the big thing that I suggest to people is to budget it in. So yeah. if you know you have a habit, like mine's coffee, mm-hmm. uh, so Starbucks, uh, if mm-hmm. you know you have some sort of habit or just whatever, you need to get clear as to about how much are you spending a month and see how that fits in your budget, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's really, I mean, I think the best thing to do is to budget it in. Also, just get clear on like how, what... If you're going to, let's say, I don't know, you're going to do a shop for whatever reason, you mm-hmm, get this mm-hmm. impulse to go on a shopping spree and you have to look at that amount that you're going to spend prior to, if you have an idea before you do it, sometimes mm-hmm. we just kind of go ahead and do it, is have an idea how what you, how much you make per hour, get your dollar yep. figure per hour and see how much how many hours are you going to be working in? And that helps, right? That's very helpful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I think those type of things, again, it's not, a, there's no 100% remedy, but if you also are clear as to, oh, 
if you kind of dig deep as to, okay, why are you, you know, why do you, or like for me, coffee, like Starbucks, there's Starbucks all over the place here, like seems mm-hmm. like around every corner. And I always claim my car drives me there <laughs> and puts it in my hand. Uh, so, but you have to get clear. It's like, why do you do that? Maybe sometimes in the month I'm just stressed and I just want that sugary drink, right? So you yep. have to kind of dig deep as to, okay, why is it that I'm doing this? And get, get clarity around that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So basically have your money front of mind all the time, which I think is hard to do, but super important to do. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Now I want to kind of talk a little bit about debt. There's most people are in debt. Like I, most of the people that I know have student loans or credit card debt or or some kind of debt. And we all, you know, at some point in our lives realize we need to fix this situation. We need to get out of it. What are some of your tips for trying to, you know, make a strategy to pay off your debt and not get sidetracked and, you know, continue so you reach that goal? Right. There are definitely a lot of different tools that you can use. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, um, firstly, getting, I talk about this all the time, is getting clear on yep. your income, your expenses, what discretionary income or leftover income you ha- uh, have. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can use some of, there's a tool that I always, it's, it's not, like a robust pretty tool but it does its job and it's free it's called powerpay.org and you just Mm -hmm. go in there you put all your debt um, your total debt your interest rate your minimum payment and then you can play around with it in the turn in sense in the sense of if you know you have let's say an extra hundred dollars a month uh, Mm -hmm. you put that as an extra payment for every month and it'll tell you how with doing that every single month, how long it's going to take you to pay that debt off. Oh, so like it'll that. tell you the the month and the year of when you'll be done. And that is a huge one. I use it with my one-on-one clients. It's mm-hmm. it's a huge motivator because they see like the power of, of that extra $100. Uh, and so they try to find other ways that they could uh, minimize their spending and play, you know, so that tool is just a fantastic uh, tool to do so. And just really getting um, clear on your why is also mm-hmm. important. That's gonna what's going to motivate you and what is going to drive you to continue uh, uh, automating those mm-hmm. extra payments. So that way you don't, you don't have to worry about it. Treat mm-hmm. that like another bill. Uh, there's different, you know, those, those are really the, the main things uh, that you can do. And also just don't get, I know there's a lot of great stories out there mm-hmm. of I paid $60,000 of debt and six, I've, I've interviewed some yep. stories and they're meant for inspiration, right? They're yeah. meant but for sometimes they can be like, ah, how can I, yeah, like they're almost so crazy that it's like, but I, I don't know if I could do that. So I'm not even going to try. Right. It can be unmotivating a little bit at the same time. Right. So, I mean, take those as inspiration. If it bothers yeah. you, don't listen to those stories. I yeah. uh, just know that you're going to get there. And it doesn't matter if mm-hmm. you get there in five years, 10 years, or six months. 
the point is once you paid off debt, you paid off debt and that's something to celebrate about. Doesn't matter. Absolutely. It's a success story. Once you've paid off the debt, doesn't matter how long it takes you as long as you reach that finish line. And I think that's, yeah, just like you said, there's so many um, stories out there just because they are, you know, it it looks good in a newspaper or online or whatever about someone paying off their debt in a a short amount of time. and, And that's great. But for kind of regular folk like us, you know, sometimes it's like, well, I can't do that because I only make this or have these expenses and and whatnot. So I think the key thing to remember is just set a deadline for you, what what works for you and just keep at it. Right. Because I did actually um, an episode, a podcast episode on Mm -hmm. this uh, just, and I shared my story. It didn't Mm -hmm. take us. And it's also, it didn't take us five, six months or, or 10 months or whatever, we, um, we paid off student loan debt in like a little, like maybe 15 years. But mm-hmm, mm-hmm. even though, but here's the thing, even though it took us 15 years, that might seem a lot to some people. Mm-hmm. What did we do? We had, we had made pr- big purchases as well that yeah. we didn't accumulate it. So we may have been paying that debt off slower Mm-hmm. But we also prevented debt, yes. right? Because prevented we had debt. to, yeah. So we had to make these purchases, but we were smart enough that we weren't going to get into more debt, right? Mm-hmm. So it's just all about perspective as well, Absolutely. I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, my kind of last one to you, and this kind of does tie into the last uh, topic, but how do you suggest someone can stick to their budget like a pro. I have <laughs> a very hard time doing to this and I, I'm embarrassed to say that because I do talk about personal finance and how to be good with your money all the time. But I still, I have a budget and sometimes I find it very tricky to stick to it to the dime. I was really good when I first started, when I like first moved out of my house and had no money, probably because I didn't have any option. I really needed to stick to that budget. Otherwise I wasn't going to, I was going to eat ramen noodles. But for me, I feel like as I get older, I just kind of try to do different things. But I'd love to know what your kind of tips to sticking to a budget would be. Right. Well, you have to definitely find a system that works for you. So if you're Mm -hmm. not a spreadsheet type of person, don't use a spreadsheet. Maybe you're more of a software type of person. So you really have Mm -hmm. to find that tool that you will definitely use. Uh, You also have to be flexible with yourself because... I don't stick to my budget all the time either. It just happens. Uh, and also just have put a system in place. For example, what has, and this is, has been a process of over the years. It didn't happen overnight and it has worked out fantastic for us. And I don't claim to come up with this because I know <laughs> each time mm-hmm. when I think I have this genius idea, uh, um, I find out other people have already been doing it, right? Yeah. <laughs> so I don't claim to post, but I use uh, cash has not been a system that has worked well for me. The cash mm-hmm. envelope system mm-hmm. just didn't mm-hmm. do, do it for me because um, I felt that was harder to track because then I had to look at the receipts and then figure out what was what and that I just, I like simplicity. But yeah. what has worked well for me uh, is a virtual envelope system. So yeah. I have set up especially in the world of online banking, it makes it so much easier. I don't yep. have the typical just one checking and one savings account. I mm-hmm. take a look at what we, um, where our needs are. And so I have one account where it's just for the bills. So mm-hmm. the income goes in there and just the bills go out of there. But from there, I 
transfer money to some separate account. So for example, I have one where our our daily spending, so our groceries, uh, and that just makes, so I, since we already have a budget, we already know how much is going to go in there. And from there, it's so much easier to track because what happens when we had it all in one, if we overspent in the groceries, well, it touched the money for, let's say, the electricity account, right? Yeah. So it just separating that money, you Mm -hmm. don't have to go all crazy. I have multiple accounts. No, I am actually thinking, I'm like, oh my gosh, I think I should do that. Because right now I have a similar system, except right now we have a joint account that has, we, you know, both put a certain amount of money in there to pay off all our bills. And then we have, you know, lots of our bills that just take money out of that account or whatever. Mm -hmm. But we don't have a separate system for or a separate account for groceries specifically or some others like it's all kind of in one pot and I I think that does make it a bit more confusing so I think I'm going to steal your idea well you're not stealing my idea because I'm sure (laughs) others have done the same yeah Uh, I actually saw a article um, because I had done a a webinar about this Mm -hmm. uh, last year and then of course a couple weeks later I knew because already in my mind I'm like I know there's other people that's got to do this right Mm -hmm. Uh, and sure enough a couple weeks later, there is an article about a similar system. She had it a little bit different, um, but I also I separate like our um, our travel money every yeah. month. I separate like those non monthly bills, those quarterly bills, our trash, our our mm-hmm. water, those type of things. I separate so when those bills come due, I just dip in that account and pay them. I like that. So yeah. it just makes things easier to track. As well, absolutely. That's awesome. Super valuable information. I'm honestly a, a, a super nerd right now because I'm actually kind of excited to go and redo my budget. <laughs> but no um, I wanted to because uh, you your website is awesome and your podcast, oh, like you mentioned, you. is also a great uh, resource. But you have a couple resources that I want to give you an opportunity to um, share with listeners that I think are super helpful. First, sure. your Facebook group, which I think is great. Oh, thank you. Yes. So my Facebook group, you just can go to uh, jenhemphill.com forward slash community. And it's just all taking the conversation from the podcast uh, in the group. And we don't just talk about podcasts. It's a great mm-hmm. group of women. Uh, we talk about all sorts of different things. It's not just even money related. But the beautiful thing in the group is that Mm -hmm. the ladies feel comfortable talking about money because money can be such a taboo subject. So that just is just such a beautiful thing to see when they start off the conversation and ask questions or support each other or so that is just amazing. Absolutely. That's awesome. And I think you also had a checklist or something. When I went on, there's a pop-up for it. I'm like, ooh, I'm going to grab that. Oh, well, I have, uh, I have several things. So I have, um, a, what I call the jumpstart your money mini guide. And that is really, um, it's actually, I also take you through it through with a podcast episode. So it's just the pre-budgeting step, I call it. So it's Mm -hmm. the getting clear as to where your money is going. So I just take you through just some some simple steps of just taking that the overwhelm. Because when I talk to clients, they're just like, I don't even want to look at it. You know, they're they're afraid. So I just try to take a step back and take minimize that overwhelm. And I help you through that. You know, it's a a worksheet along uh, that you can do with a podcast episode. Awesome. As well. Awesome. 
Fabulous. Well, thank you so much for chatting with me. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's been so much fun. And that was episode 48 of the Mo Money podcast. Make sure to check out the show notes for this episode at jessicamorehouse.com slash 48. And of course, check out Jen's fabulous website where she has more resources, blog posts, podcast episodes, everything at jenhemphill.com. And I'll, of course, include links to some of the things that we talked about in the show notes at jessicamorehouse.com slash 48. And before I go, I just want to do a couple iTunes reviews shout outs because there's some awesome people out there, people like you who are listening, who spend some extra time to send me an iTunes review. And I feel so thankful that they do that. If you haven't done that, please make sure to do that. It really helps me out. It helps me kind of bump up in those iTunes charts so other people can find me and hopefully learn something from uh, one of my episodes. So let's jump into the first one. This one is from Francont89 from Canada. Great job, Jessica. This is a great podcast. Keep up the good work. I'm looking forward to your new episodes. All your guests are superb. Well, thank you so much. And on to some reviews from my American friends. Um, This one is from Drew Kleiner, and he says, This podcast has been very insightful to the world of personal finance. It's like listening to your best friend have an interesting and fun conversation about money at a coffee shop. Jessica's stories and guests have helped push me to get a side job to help pay down debt, and I'm so happy to say I've never been in a better financial position. Thank you, Jessica. Oh my gosh, that's awesome. I'm so happy that you're doing so well, and this podcast has helped you get there. That's super cool. Um, And another one is from MCAT89. Thank you for sharing your insights and being a woman talking about personal finance. I often play your podcast while driving my daughters around town so they hear a voice they can identify with talking about personal finance. Oh my gosh, you just made my day. That is the best thing I've ever heard. That is so cool. Thank you so much for leaving me that review. And if you're listening and you haven't sent me a review yet, please do. It's super easy. I'll even put some instructions in the show notes if you need a little, you know, sometimes it's a little hard to navigate. So make sure to check out the show notes for this episode. So jessicamoros.com slash 48. And I will see you back here next Wednesday. This podcast is distributed by the Women in Media Podcast Network. Find out more at womeninmedia.network.